Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hey, everybody. We are back in John 11. We're going to be wrapping it up today. There are some a few things right at the tail end of this chapter that I think are important, and and so we're going to go over those things. It might be a little bit of a shorter episode today because it's more narrative, but remember, we just got through uh, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. He called him out of the grave and was liberated both his hands and feet from the um, the cloth that was binding him. Uh, but also liberated from death, that he was called out of his death, that he was dead four days, getting pretty stanky in the tomb, and Jesus rose him from the grave. And Jesus before made this statement to Martha that I am the resurrection and the life. And he had just it gave a physical manifestation of, of that statement, that he resurrected Lazarus back to life. And now Lazarus um, was living. And in verse 45 is where we're going to pick up today. Uh, again, a little bit more narrative, uh, but I think there are some gems in here that we should talk about and ponder over the weekend. So it says here in verse 45, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, had seen what he did, believed in him, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them, what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. We'll read the rest of it in just a moment, but let's break this down. This is, this is where the, the meat and potatoes are uh, of this portion of Scripture. It's really interesting. There are some things that, that we can extract here. As they're talking about, man, what, what do we do with Jesus? This is an undeniable, an undeniable sign, an undeniable miracle that, as we talked about last week, this, this guy Lazarus was bound up by cloth and his feet were bound, so much so that Jesus called those around to unbind his feet. So this is something where we see this picture of Lazarus being lifted by the Spirit of God out of this tomb. This is something where a man who was dead four days was now living, breathing, and people saw this. They witnessed this. It wasn't just a private thing where it was, it was just the disciples, Mary, Martha, and Jesus, but there were Jews around. We saw that there were those who were mourning with 
Jesus, that when word gets out, what are the ramifications of this? And the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, were saying, what are we to do for this man performs many signs? So they're pointing out the magnitude of this sign and also the fact that this sign happened validates and verifies that all these other signs were happening too. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come take and take away both our place and our nation. So we see here that the Pharisees have a certain amount of power that were given or allowed them by Rome. Remember, Rome was sort of the dominating um, government or the dominating army at the time. And so they were giving the Pharisees an allowance to rule and govern their own land as under the watchful eye of Rome as long as they had control as long as they had control of their people. And this was not a part of the plan, that, that the people who stand divided, many were believing in him and many were divided. Obviously, there were some going and reporting everything that Jesus was doing. So we see that they have a certain amount of power and they were trying to hold onto it, to cling to it. So there's this personal element with the Pharisees that they wanted to keep their power they wanted to re- remain powerful. Not to, not to discredit that maybe some of these Pharisees really did want to care for the nation of Israel. Maybe they did really have a heart. We can't just look at all the Pharisees as being these nasty um, guys who were just you know, overpowering uh, the Israelite people just like Rome. I'm sure they were trying to make these decisions for the betterment of Israel. And we see this come out in a statement by Caiaphas, who wasn't a Sadducee, wasn't a Pharisee, or I believe he was a Sadducee. Um, He wasn't a Pharisee, um, but he was the high priest at the time. Yeah, he was a Sadducee. Now looking that up now. He was a Sadducee, not a Pharisee, but of course they had a common enemy here, right? Jesus, who was going to stir up everything that they had worked so hard to do the control that they had worked so hard for. And he says this, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. So I think there's a huge question mark here. Did Caiaphas say this to contribute to the conversation, hey, we have to plot to kill this guy? Um, Or was this just a divinely um, inspired word of the Lord? We, We go on to see that he did not say this of his own accord, that God was obviously intervening here and inspiring Caiaphas. And maybe Caiaphas thought he was, he was just contributing to the conversation, but this was so clearly stated um, to point out that Jesus, what Jesus had just done in Lazarus, resurrecting him from the dead, was prophetic of what he was going to do on the cross. He was, he was, it's on the road to the cross, that this is the miracle that he would do for the whole world. And it, and it says that the nation, that the whole, not that the whole nation should perish, but John goes on to, 
to say, but being high priest that year prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Who were scattered abroad. So we see the whole mission of God come together. And I think we have a tendency to take these stories, these miraculous stories, which this is by far one of the most miraculous things that Jesus does uh, other than the cross. Of course, uh, as he, in, in his ministry, his, his day-to-day ministry um, throughout uh, his, his life here on earth in human form, um, we see that this is by far one of the most miraculous. Taking a man who is dead four days and raising him to life again, being the resurrection and the life. But John, of course, is steering our heart and our mind and, and wrapping this up in, in the grand and master plan. Remember, the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God the Father wills it all. Jesus Christ, the Son, carries it out, and the Holy Spirit is the delight between the two. And so as we see that picture of God revealed here, that Jesus is carrying out the will of God, that there is a master plan um, to rescue not just the nation of Israel, but all of humanity would be resurrected to life, or at least have the opportunity through the blood of Christ to be cleansed, to be cleaned, and to come before God in right relationship and made holy by his spirit, which some of us uh, have heard heard the term sanctification. That's what that is when the Holy Spirit comes in because of Christ's work on the cross, his blood purifying us and making us clean so that we can come before God and the Spirit can indwell in us and, and make us holy and righteous so that we can have relationship with God. It brings us back to the garden. And John is drawing us back to the mission that we can take this story and we can go, yes, and look very personal and very small at this and go, yes, just like Jesus um, has, has raised Lazarus from the grave, he has raised us from the grave, which is good and it's important and it's, it's so crucial that we would have that moment with God day after day that we are saved, that we are brought to life. And we have even in our day to day, he has called us to be unbound and walk in the freedom and the life that he offers us. And that's, that's a motivator for the day to day. But John is calling us now after he has laid out this whole miracle, this miracle this sign that Jesus is the Messiah, he's saying there is a big and a broad purpose, and it is for the kingdom of God, that the whole world would be saved. And I just want us to ponder this weekend, are we thinking small about our faith? Are we thinking very like personal about our faith? Or are we thinking broad, that this affects the nation, that this affects the whole world? And, and, do we let um, the, the Great Commission come in and, and drive us forward in our day-to-day? The, the cross, yes, was for us 
personally, but are we driven missionally by what Christ has done for us personally? That, that we are called to go out and to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them what he had taught and what he commanded because of the cross, because of the power and authority that was given to Christ because of the cross. This is his kingdom now. And I love how John wraps up this chapter, this powerful chapter with the mission, that there's something bigger going on here. There's something greater going on here. And the same is true of your life. There is something greater going on here. There is something bigger going on here. Would, would you take that, that time, that personal time with God in silence and solitude and, and come in thanksgiving for what God has done in your life, but ask him, God, what are you calling me to do? How are you calling me to bring the message, the good news of who you are? How are you calling me to disciple? Who are you calling me to disciple? What is my part in this kingdom, in this grand mission? If Jesus is the example of how we're to walk, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He had a plan and a purpose in every step. Even raising Lazarus from the grave, he was giving us a very clear picture. We see his love for Lazarus, just like his love for us. We see his care and his compassion in the midst of pain that he is there with us in the midst of it, that he is not a distant God, but he is there in the pain and in the emotion. He sees it, he feels it, and he is there with us. But then he raises us from the grave and he brings his power and authority into our lives to bring us life. And he wants that for the nation and not only the nation, but for the whole world. Caiaphas spoke of this prophetically, and if you go and read in Isaiah around the 50s, you'll see um, that it lines up perfectly with what was prophesied hundreds of years before any of this happened. It's the master plan of God, and it's still going to rescue his people. And in this time, right now, when it seems like, man, we get on social media or look at the news or even walk outside and and things are so confusing. The constant is, is that Christ is king and people need to know him and experience his love and his power, experience his, his intimacy in the midst of pain, need to experience his love and need to experience his resurrecting life, his resurrection and the life that he offers us, the, the life that he is. Would we take the time this weekend, God, what is my place in the mission? What is my place in the rescue plan? I'm praying that God would speak loud and clear. That he would lead you and guide you into a place. And, and maybe it takes assessing areas of your life. What, what was the last thing that God spoke to you real loud and clear? And have, have our focuses shifted from there? Maybe with the distractions of COVID. Maybe with the distractions of everything going on, would, can we realign on our missional calling as followers of Jesus this weekend 
so that we can walk in the fullness and the purpose that he created us for, to call people to him, to love him, to love people, and to serve the world. I love you guys. You have a great weekend, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Looking forward to it.